Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome back to World's Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company on this Friday, just gone midday. And not only do we welcome everyone watching through the Oldsbiz network, but also uh, Facebook Live uh, and also Twitter Live as well. It's great to have your company. We do this each and every day on the Oldsbiz network. Um, we take a look at 10 stocks uh, suggested by our viewers. Uh, we put those 10 stocks to two gurus of the market uh, for their opinion on it. And uh, let me tell you, we've got the cream of the bunch today in terms of gurus. Rudy Philippic Van Dyke from FN Arena. I'm confused. Is this not the Weather Channel? <laughs> <laughs> it is not the Weather Channel. It is, it'll, hopefully, you'll make it rain money. Um, and Claude Walker from A Rich Life is with us. Claude, how are you, mate? I'm Good to well. see you. Yeah. Thank you for coming from, uh, in from Canberra. My pleasure. How's, been, how's the move been down there to Canberra? Fantastic. I've managed to uh, do some COVID-safe skiing, so that's a little bit of compensation for missing out on the beach. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Well, great to have the two of you on board. Um, the call is where we analyse 10 stocks to see whether you should buy, hold or sell them um, and put them to two experts and, and you shoot them through to us. And uh, we always kick it off with one stock of the day and uh, it's sort of the end of the earnings season. So I thought we'd take a look at Sky City. Uh, earnings uh, really down a lot in the last financial year, obviously, with lockdowns down about 60%. The company which has casinos in New Zealand and Adelaide saw gaming revenue also take a hit down 24%. Despite the decline, profits were at the top end of guidance provided at the time of an equity raise back in June. Now, speaking to Ausbiz, um, Sky's chief executive, Graham Stevens, says there's one thing he's learned in the midst of the pandemic. It's uh, how resilient the business is. Let's take a look. We've opened and shut a few times now. Most recently, uh, over the last few weeks, we reopened uh, on Monday here in Auckland. And, uh, and resilience of the business, it comes back very quickly. Um, and actually, over past crises, over decades now, you know, the casino industry has shown that resilience. But it's uh, it's been a real comfort to us to see that when we are able to open, you know, the business does come back strongly. Okay, all right, uh, Sky City, there, the chief executive, just on Ausbiz late yesterday. Um, Rudy, what do you think of Sky City? Let's let's start by by the observation that listed. Um, Casino operators in Australia have not been very good investment of the past right. five, six years or so. Right. Um, this one, admittedly, is more New Zealand than, than Australia, but still is a casino operator. Um, prior to this year's sell-off, the share price basically didn't go anywhere for six years. That gives mm -hmm. you a little bit of an idea uh, about like um, how well as an investment this has been not. Um, I'm not a big fan. 
um, I can see the attraction here that if we do get a vaccine or we do get a quicker recovery and opening up of economies that this, this share price will rally on, on that expectation. But, but beyond that, I think it's a big call to make that the, that six years of, of stagnant share price is, is going to change beyond right. the recovery that is from, from, from the current share price. Yep. So I think there's, there's, sim there's simply better, better options out there. Okay. Claude? I think that uh, the company's putting on a fairly brave face in, in light of circumstances that they can't control that are really bad for the business. Now, New Zealand has actually done where they have um, most, their biggest casino is Auckland. So New Zealand has actually done really well in being able to control COVID and then keep things open. So that's great for these guys, but it's still a massive hit to them because tourism is so important to uh, casinos and that is unlikely to open up in a big way to New Zealand yeah. for an unforeseeable amount of time. It's bringing the high rollers, is it? It, it? These casinos bring in high rollers from Asia and they're, they're the big money spinners. Yeah, exactly. Well, so from um, China in particular, at least right. in, in some um, casinos, and it just doesn't seem like that trade's going to open up anytime really soon. So they've still managed to record a profit this year. They've started an online casino, but there's a lot of competition in that space. Yeah. And that's just minuscule re revenues. I think it's like 1% of the revenues they get from Auckland Casino are that, and now they're online casino. So the way they talk about online stuff, it's good. They're showing how they want to adapt, but it's also yeah. putting on a brave face because it's, it's not going to make up the revenues that they may well lose as the world battles this very difficult situation. Mm, okay. All right. So a note from you on... Yeah, well, I think City. viewers probably know that I'm super biased against um, yeah. companies that own heaps of pokies. So yeah. I wouldn't put too much weight on what you, I said. You have, and we, we should declare, you have uh, quite a strong ethical filter on all your investments, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So is I great. think everyone should put their own ethical thing yep. on, but I'm just declaring my particular thing is I tend to avoid those companies. So right. as a result, I'm a little bit biased against it, but I still would avoid it. I, still, I was looking at the valuation. It's still a bit of a head scratcher for me, even if I put aside those concerns. Yeah. So okay. yeah, avoid from me. All right. Okay, that's our stock of the day. Now we're going to the stock suggested by you. And the first one is um, from Shauna, uh, Coles Group, of course, the big supermarket chain. I noticed it was, uh, it's going into the ASX top 20, along with Fortescue, uh, announced today as well. Uh, Claude, what do you think of Coles? Yeah, well, I think it's actually, I'm glad we got this question because I think as a lot of uh, investors starting out in the markets, it's been a popular time for people to open brokerage accounts, as we'll discuss later. And yep. um, a lot of the companies that have attracted people are really high risk, sort of hot stocks. Oh, you know, Bevan Slattery bought them or, or whatever it was. And while that can be fun and get people in and I'm, you know, be careful there, but also have some fun if, with money you can afford to lose. I like that we've got some of these blue chips that are actually really great starting out stocks because we all know Coles. We can see that it's doing a good business. Um, it's really, Coles and Woolworths have, in my opinion, both adapted well to the current situation because what it's done is it's forced them to develop their online offering. Yeah. And whereas they had really had to struggle to compete against Aldi for years, this is actually something where they've done it better. So they've made gains against IGA and Aldi through this situation. Yeah. And mm. as a result, I think it puts them in a good stead to zoom further into that offering over the next few years, no matter, no matter what happens with the pandemic. So as a result of that, I like it. It's, in my view, it's at a cheaper price than Woolworths. Yep. So the caveat for me is obviously I actually prefer small cap growth stocks and yep. I almost put all my money in that. So I don't own shares in Coles, but as a blue chip good stock, I really like it. And amongst the ASX 20, it's one of my favorite as well. So okay. I think right. it's quite good. Yeah. Ready? I am as surprised as you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
let me, let, 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 let. Claude usually goes to the more entrepreneurial end of the market, yeah. but you usually say really that, g- that's my father-in-law stuck. That's right, he does too. Claude always goes. Oh, it's not for me, but my father-in-law, who's a good investor, he uh, he goes into it. I love that. But, yeah. but uh, difference number one, I own the store. Right. And um, and I'm, um, I, I agree with pretty much everything that, that Claude just said, but I have a little bit of a different approach. But it's, it's all amounts to the same thing, basically. If you take a portfolio view, and, yeah. and I think if you have plenty of money in the share market and, and you're, you're in there for the longer term, and, and you should take a portfolio view, then it's like a sporting team. You cannot just have offense all the time. Yeah. Right? You have to guard your defense as well. The whole concept, and, and Claude just mentioned, the whole concept of blue chip in Australia has completely been eroded over the past decade. I mean, once upon a time, you regarded Telstra, the banks, uh, BHP, Rio, uh, Simic, they were all considered blue chips, Sydney yeah. Airport. Now that, I mean, even though it comes from the casino world, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a lower risk, solid, sustainable growers. Now that concept has gone out the window. I mean, yeah. those stocks have not performed. There's only very few really blue chips still left on the share market. I would nominate Coles and Woolworths as the preeminent ones in that group. Okay. You can add Macquarie, you can add CSL, um, and that's pretty much in the top 20, like where your conviction basically goes. Now, yeah. Macquarie, I mean, is, uh, is one of them as well. Um, so the majority of them um, has a long growth path ahead of them. They're never cheap. Yep. I mean, you, you can make an argument. I mean, I heard a lot of people uh, months ago saying, oh, Coles and Woolworths are really expensive. Yeah, that was $2 below the, share, the current share price. Yeah? Uh, no, they've, they've, I mean, they've also been higher now. But I think I, I agree with, with, with Claude. My view on that sector changed when Kaufland, the other German, decided we're pulling out of Australia. Right. And that was always going to be a big, big question mark for that sector. Now the pandemic has completely swung the, the pendulum towards uh, Coles and Woolworths. Yeah. Uh, the reason why well, Woolworths is a little bit more expensive, it's, it's, it's considered to be a better company, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, the, in, if I remember anything from, from August, is that Woolworths had the better growth numbers than Coles. Right. Um, so the, the franchise of Woolworths is considered the, the premium franchise. But I think uh, calls as a number two uh, is, is very well worth uh, considering. Okay. So as the backbone of your portfolio, of your portfolio of I mean, because you need a backbone. Yeah. Right? And yeah. these guys pay dividends. These guys yeah. pay reliable dividends. They have uh, plenty of growth. They are building an online business and they're building a, a interaction with, with their audience. And let's face it, I mean, um, it's not quite a duopoly, but it's, it's not yeah. far from yeah, it. Yeah, you've got Aldi on the fringes. And yeah, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. But these guys are the major players. So yeah. for that reason, very reliable, very consistent. Going into the ASX top 20, yeah. does that help the share price? No, not really. The right. top 20 doesn't really make a difference. The, the indices that do make a difference are the 100 and the 200. Okay. Uh, the 100 is more important because it, it often means that the small cap investors have to abandon it. Right. And it becomes a large gap. Right. The top 20 is, I mean, I don't even know. It's, it's nice to say, like, I'm amongst 20 right. okay. largest cops, but no, nobody, nobody cares. Have any nobody cares. In the no. share price. All right, uh, Shorter, appreciate the uh, suggestion on Coles there and uh, uh, a thumbs up from both uh, Rudy and Claude. Our second stock is Dicadata. Uh, they're a distributor of computer hardware, software, 
Um, they represent Hewlett Packard, Cisco, Toshiba, Lenovo, Microsoft, Asus. Um, they've been added to the ASX 300. Um, yeah, that can make a little bit of a difference. Oh, yes. it can? Yes, okay. it can. What do you because think? A, lo a lot of small cap investors, and particularly if you go to institutions, they might, they might not look at you if you're not part of an index. Right, okay. So, I mean, yeah. if you go into the 300, then yep. they might all of a sudden start paying attention. Okay. Data, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to give the word to, uh, to, our, to our domestic expert, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I believe might have been a shareholder as well. Right. But, I mean, it's one of those smaller cap stocks that has has done what it's done in the fringes of the market uh, yeah. there's not too many people really paying attention to them and I mean, but they've they've been growing and over the past 18 months or so they've actually done done quite well yeah, yeah. they've got five thousand resellers they've got a big network yeah they, yeah, yeah they sure do i mean this is a great company if i should declare i do own shares it's actually <laughs> one of my more larger holdings as well right i last bought shares in the share purchase plan that they did not long ago which yeah. was about six dollars sixty and uh, basically, you know, what, what is so good about these guys is they have extremely great operations team from the top. And I think the um, CEO has been on this show uh, to yep. uh, chat before. And what he's done really cleverly is create a whole culture of incentives. So everybody gets paid on incentives, which is really important in a low margin distribution mm. business like Dikadata. Mm. And now one of the real features of the last 18 months um, which I discussed in an article I wrote on my website recently, is um, that they've actually managed to notch up those margins from around um, a bit below 2% to about 2.5%. This is a profit before tax margins. Right. And I was really interested to see how they can maintain that. And basically, I spoke to the COO recently, and his um, argument was, and I think this makes sense, is that um, for the reseller partners that you just mentioned, it is so important that they have great support from the distributor who can help them get them all the products they need and help them um, implement anything they need, give them um, the best chance of making their customers really uh, successful yeah. because that's what's going to retain the customer for the reseller who is the customer of Dikadata. Mm. So of course, the, it makes sense in that scenario that the, Dika, that the Dikadata resellers will pay just a tiny little bit more to have that assurance of Dikadata and knowing that they'll be the best ones because yep. their reputation mm. is riding on it. And that makes sense. And if that's true, then I think these slightly increased margins are sustainable, in which case the company looks really great to me even today. And in preparation for this show, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's pretty close to when I might even buy some more, even mm. though I have some, mm. because uh, basically their results were really good they're yeah. expanding to a bigger warehouse, so that might slow things down, come with a few costs in the next couple of years, but it'll also set the stage for another leg up in terms of growth, quite likely, potentially. Mm. Um, it's got high insider ownership, basically. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it ticks the, the founder box. sort of drives it still, doesn't it? And the, the cherry on top is if they do manage to leg up and get the new warehouse up and running, grow like that, then on the cards is the ASX 200, at right. which point we have a tightly held company with mm. lots of long-term little shareholders like me, lots of insider owners that's getting into the ASX 200. And that's when you do sometimes see this valuation uplift mm. as all of the passive index funds have to buy. And if you don't have willing sellers, that's going to push the share price up. They might have to issue some extra shares though, because you don't get into 200 unless there's enough liquidity. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, yeah. that will hold them back for some time. But let's see, they just did another SPP not too long ago, as yeah. I mentioned. So yeah. it's gradually getting more liquid, this one. So it could be on the cards in the next couple of years. Okay. David, I have a suspicion, one of the elements, that it, it might also be a case of the stronger gets stronger. Mm. When I was in lockdown early in the year, I mean, my, my, my desktop conged out and yeah. needed to buy a new one. All of a sudden you realize, a lot of those smaller businesses that are around, they didn't have, they, they, they were either closing down, mm. even online they were closing yep. down, or they just couldn't get anything in the country, so they had no supply. Yep. They couldn't help you. Yep. So if these guys 
have done their homework and, and, they, and they, they can supply, then you can see why you buy, you buy a little bit more as a reseller because they yep. give you security. They can actually, you can actually deliver. Yep. So a yes from both Definitely of you? Definitely yes from me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're going along with the strength. Well, we've got um, uh, two ticks for, for Coles and, uh, and also for Digger Data. We're, we're on the way here. Uh, can we make it uh, three in a row? With uh, technology one, um, <laughs> uh, Claude, um, it's come back. I know it's been a darling of the uh, of the call for a while. It's a big software provider and consultant into government, local government. It covers everything, does it? Uh, offices throughout Australia, New Zealand, Asia, South Pacific, United Kingdom. It's what about great technology businesses, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a multi-year, I think maybe multi-decade uh, success story. I think 2004. Ru- yeah, Rudy's there. Based in Brisbane, one. is it? I think comes yeah. out of Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. So they, and they've got a they've got a fairly global business. They've got an international business as yeah. well. So uh, this is definitely a great company, and it's one that I have been watching a lot closer as the share price has been kind of weak lately. Yes. And. So I'll sort of give you the bad and, and a little bit of the good because I'm sure Rudy right. will, will counteract that a little bit. So the, the one sort of bad <laughs> thing about this is that um, it does capitalize a lot of its software development costs. So that yeah. um, it's not a terrible thing in any way, but that yep. if that capitalization is increasing, it can make the profits look a little bit better than maybe they are on an underlying level. Yep. Now, having said that, that doesn't mean the company is like an avoid or anything. It just means it's something to keep in mind when you're making your assessment of it. So I'm looking at now, and basically they grew their annualized recurring revenue at 30%, 33% in the last report. So that's what they reported. And it's trading at about 25 times AR now. Now, but what I would argue for the bull case is because they're in the process of transitioning from an older business model where you get paid up front to the uh, more SAS. recurring revenue. The SAS. Yeah, exactly, the SaaS business. They've probably got a fair bit of locked in ARR growth just from transitioning those cu- um, customers. And that's what we've seen with Objective Corp, which is a somewhat similar company, which I do own a lot of shares in. And um, basically what I'm thinking is you've got some people shorting it and saying, oh, it's a, it's a bad company, it's very overvalued. Now, they're still only 2.7% short, but if that short interest gets a bit higher, I'm looking for maybe closer to 10%, but definitely above 5%, I think it becomes a massively good short squeeze candidate. And so what yeah. I'm looking for my buy signal really on this one is a bit a bit too high short interest. Because right. if you've got this valuation short, oh, you know, the company's too promotional, which ca- can be a criticism, but that doesn't always mean the company's a terrible company. Yeah. It just means like, oh, maybe it's a tiny bit overvalued. That's a bad short in my view. Yeah. So if we get shorts piling onto a, a company that maybe isn't perfect, but it's still actually a pretty good multi-year compounder, yeah. then that's a perfect short squeeze candidate. And that's when I'd be looking to go into the okay. stock. So what are you looking at a price for technology? Because it is one of our, our better tech stocks, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't think it's outrageous at the moment. It's kind of on the borderline between, I guess, a hold and a buy for me right, right. now. I could be convinced over to the buy as well. Like, let's see what Rudy has to say. But um, <laughs> my, well, so my hang up is that Rudy, I prefer- Rudy has been a cheerleader for Tech One for, for quite a while. But look, up to $10.23 just back in May, yeah. down at seven sixty-five now. So my problem is I just prefer Objective Corp. So right. Objective Corp's AR growth is just a little bit lower, right. but it also trades on a lower multiple and it also uh, expenses all of its R&D. So for me, it's just like a little bit cleaner, the, the accounts and a similar, maybe yeah. similar pricing based on mm. its growth versus its multiple. Okay. Rudy? It's a smaller company as well. It's a smaller company, yeah. Um, oh, well, let's start with the, the most important thing. I still own Technology One. I, right. I bought Extrom shares while it was falling. 
Um, obviously, I can't continue doing that because ultimately you go bankrupt. If right. the share price keep falling, we yeah. have to be a little bit careful. I mean, things can always go wrong. We have to realize that. I mean, it's a pandemic out there, lockdowns, yep. and so forth. I think that the, the, ma the main thing is when we say this is a this is this is probably the greatest one of the greatest technology stocks we have, but it never has spectacular growth. Right. I mean, the, the average growth in 2004 mm. is, is about 14 percent a year. That's that's great. Not there are not many companies on, on the ASX that can uh, say we've grown at <coughs> fourteen percent year a year. In, year out. Exactly. Yep. Uh, very consistent as well in that one. But I think the lowest number they had was seven percent. Right. Uh, and the highest would be something like 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 twenty or twenty two or so. Um, but because of that consistency, they're actually still a relatively small company. If you consider these guys uh, were, were were on the ASX when when the dot com boom yep. was raging. Uh, more recent companies like like an Afterpay or uh, or an Altium or uh, or uh, 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 um they're much much bigger in, in, in market size now because they really have spectacular growth. Yeah. These guys have never had spectacular growth, so they're in the bigger scheme of things still a relatively small company. Now, what that means is is uh, because of the legacy they have, because of the track record they have, because of the prospects they have, they always trade on high multiples. They do pay a dividend, but it's never a high yield. It means that they also don't report in August. They report out of the cycle, which means that when everyone in, in August is focused on uh, on Sky City or <laughs> on on, uh, on Coles and Woolworths because they report in August, yeah. then the nasties can do a lot of nasty stuff to relatively small cap stock. I mean, and, that I and I suspect that's that's what's been happening with with Technology One. How how far can it fall? Well, that's like how 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 long is a piece of string? That's why you have to be careful with, with smaller cap stocks, uh, that they can fall much deeper and for much longer than, than, but I would argue, the deeper they fall, the higher the, the, the prospects that, that come next. Right. The last time Technology One was out of favor, you might see it on this chart, it's... Oh, we go, let's go, um, let's go to the five year yes. chart if I mean, we they can have, They have gone through, it, through a switch, similar switch period, that, which for memory was 2017, I think. Right, uh, okay. The last time, and then when that period ends, see how spectacular the share price yep. then goes. And I yep. would be willing to, to say this time, the longer we get, go through a period like that, and the more that the share price gets trashed, the, the equally spectacular will be the recovery from the share price. Okay. Because yeah. I still believe there's nothing wrong with the company. Okay. It's one of your favorites, is it? Yeah. So would you be yeah. buying it now? Well, I just did. Right, okay. <laughs> so I would, I would definitely uh, look in, yep. into buying more shares, absolutely. Did he convince the court? I definitely agree that it'll snap back. So maybe mm. for me, it'd be one that I'll consider just buying a little bit of shares mm. in mm. Um, and keeping an eye on it and then trying to grow the position bigger mm. when, I, when I see that short interest go up. Because if there are too many short, short sellers, then yeah. basically, eventually they want to cover and either take their profits or actually just get out of the position if they're not in profit. Right. So if the share price comes down, you've got short interest growing, you know those guys are probably going to have to buy back at some point unless mm. they want to keep short forever. Right. So... That's for me, that's a, it's a loaded spring. So for me, it's definitely one I'm monitoring. I've done this before with other companies. Right. These are a gift if you get high short interest. A software company with cash on the balance sheet is not a good, generally not a good short candidate. So I'm right. happy to bet against that. Okay, all right. So you're waiting though? I'm waiting for now, but okay. it's close to a buy for me. Holding, all right. Uh, our full stock has been, so there you go, Shabir. Uh, good discussion there on, uh, on technology one. Um, Claude, AJ wants a view on Nanosonics. Um, this is a, they, they call it a Trophon EPR ultrasound probe disinfector. All right. So it's it's like a, a big cabinet on wheels that goes around hospitals, 
that you can chuck all your uh, all your surgery instruments into and it sterilizes them all is basically it is that is yeah, what that's the right. technology that they sell around the world decontaminates the products yeah so it's a it's a great company that i've followed for many years i'm happy yep. to talk about it my friend scott milson told me about it years ago it must have been 40 cents share price which i bought <laughs> then um the basically so what they have two drivers of their profits and more importantly at this stage revenues one is selling the units and two is selling the consumable devices that go in the units right now if we see a longer term chart of this you can actually see where you had that short squeeze happen um as a little while ago. Yeah, so this is that dip just before it really ran off. Yep. That was when you had really high short interest. It was about 10, 13%. And it was the same situation. Cash on the balance sheet, good business, just a bit overvalued, arguably. Um, so that's when I was last sort of aggressively buying shares. I still hold a few shares now. Hmm. My problem with it now is after you've had this big lift and it got up to about 750 or more, that was sort of shorts covered. Shorts are sort of, that's over now. But yeah. what's happened is, um, A, the valuation has almost doubled. And B, because of COVID, they can't get into the hospitals and easily keep the capital sales going. Now, just as a result of the fact that they had like 40% market penetration in the US already, naturally their sales of the Trophon units were slowing down. Meantime, the consumable stuff just keeps going up. That's great because people keep on using the units to disinfect the ultrasounds. But that means that they're also leveraged to the number of ultrasound procedures that are going on, which has also gone down because of COVID. So you do see COVID impacted results at the present and we probably will see that a bit weaker than it would otherwise be for the next year or so at least. That's when I'm going to be, that's why I own some shares in this company, because if it gets down to a more attractive valuation, maybe around $5 or even $4 something, that's when I start saying, well, this is time to buy. The other factor you've got is the market is very understandably disappointed that they still haven't launched another product. Now, they were initially saying that they were going to launch a product in FY 2020. Now, this is not a deal breaker because these R&D things do take time. Take a while, yeah. But they still haven't even announced what that product is. Now yeah. they're saying FY 2022. This is getting pushed out a little bit. Once they deliver that um, product and we know what it is, I bet that there's going to be more optimism in the share price as well. So what that tells me is you've probably got this window in FY 2020 when um, COVID's impacting sales, the market doesn't know what the new product is yet and no one's really factoring that in too much. Yeah. I reckon that could be a good time to buy shares. Right. So this is right up on my watch list. I think I've got, um, longer term readers will know I've got these fluffy dog watch, watch lists after my saying you can't pat all the fluffy dogs, but I have my list of fluffy <laughs> dogs that I want to pat. And this is definitely on it. So is Dicky Data. Right. Um, and yeah. So how many on your fluffy dog list? I think there's probably about 15 or 20 at the right. moment. I try to keep it not too long. So the, these are stocks that you're just waiting for them to fall back a bit. Yeah, sometimes I already own them. News. Oftentimes I already own them, but they're ones that, they're the stocks that I want to buy when there's like a big sell-off or when something bad happens to them, but that's not permanently undermining the thesis. Right. It's just a setback. Right. And so in a way, if you've got a stock on your fluffy dog watch list and sort of intermediate term or short term bad things are happening to it that's kind of good because that might set you up for a great opportunity for like them buying a multi-year high quality company so ultimately they're high quality companies that i i really like the mission you know this this is a a company that stops the needless spread of disease within hospitals what it does is help people it's great it makes it better previous the option for uh, the other option for this is chemicals and once again i don't know i sometimes get upset because it doesn't seem like people care about our healthcare workers enough and that's front of mind given the 
current crisis. But yeah. they shouldn't have to touch bad chemicals as part of their job. They shouldn't be getting COVID. I'm yeah. pro-healthcare worker. This company is pro-healthcare worker. Hence why they can sell into hospitals because okay. it's good for people in hospitals. Yep. Yeah. Great analysis of it. What do you think? I th yes, <clears throat> probably worth emphasizing. I think we'll all be, I was surprised if you did pre the trophone how hospitals would have to disinfect all the, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Right? They're using so many chemicals and it can take, yeah. it can take days sometimes. Right? It's these almost guys, a Kenji on this. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> and these guys come with a box like this, you just put it in and, and in a few yeah. minutes it's done. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think another, another thing worth emphasizing is, I'm, I'm never using the term fluffy dog list. That I'll, leave, <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that to Claude happily. Um, <laughs> but I, but I always thought, I always said, I always said to investors. Investors said to me like, when, when, when this and when that, and in particular, in, in, of course, today I would have had some questions as well. I always use the analogy of a patient hunter, which is, okay, I know it's wrong to hunt animals anyway, but it's you don't have to hunt animals. I mean, you can be a hunter gatherer. But anyway, you you have a list. And you make sure that, that those are the stocks that you know the companies that are really, really well. Yeah. And when something happens, that's that's when you that's when you that's when you jump yeah. on the on, on, on the opportunity. And Nanosonics, similar to Claude, had, had been on my list for years. Right? Um, to add a little bit more color to, to the story, we have a lot of really, really high-tech uh, healthcare companies on the ASX, and they're really, really excellent companies, leaders in their field. This is one of them. It's a structural growth story. It's going to go on for, for a long while. Mm. What had happened is that the excitement of the second product had basically gone into the share price. This is why at one stage, I, when I was on this program, I explained that I bought Formedicus and not yes. Denosonics at the time. And that was the reason. But now that excitement of product number two has come out of the share price, I've actually bought Denosonics as well. Ah. Now. Because that's just understanding what, what happens to the share price. Because I mean, yeah. my, um, my thinking is similar to Claude's. When product number two arrives, the excitement will go back at the share price. Right. right? Well, okay. I mean, all else being equal. And that growth story, that might have some hiccups over the year ahead or something like that, but that definitely hasn't disappeared. I mean, yeah. this is still a high quality okay. uh, story. So I added some, and I, and I think uh, if you don't want to buy it at the current price, you definitely, if you, if you want to have a fluffy dog list, Right. Or you want to call it differently? This should be on your list. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the fluffy dog list. We'll uh, we'll start that separately. I think so. Uh, Claude's waiting until it gets to five bucks. I've bought. I, I okay. think at the very least, oh, yes. put it on your list. Though I do okay. already own some as yeah. well. Right, I, I okay. agree with Rudy. Yeah. All right, okay. Our uh, fifth stock is a retailer, uh, City Chic Collective. It's uh, a women's apparel retailer and and brand owner. Um, share prices. Gone like a rocket, um, up over three hundred percent at one stage from its March lows. One might say it's an oversized share price. Yeah, <laughs> because it—I uh, wasn't going to mention that—but it specialises in plus-size women's clothing, yes. um, and um, it, it's performed really good during yes. during the downturn. Mm. Um, Sales—it's uh, not just here in Australia, mm. but it's in North America as well. Um, Rudy, what do you reckon of uh, City Chic? I have st steered clear from uh, retailers over the past few years yep. uh, because to me it was always um, very unclear what exactly were going to be the dynamics for retailers. Uh, admittedly, you then also miss out on, on, the, on the exceptions in the sector basically. Yep. Well, this has been one of the exceptions. Yep. Um, they, what, 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 what has, apart from 
some of the retailers like the JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman that have done really, really well out of the lockdowns. It's also, there's also a story that if you are a, a retailer that can carve out its niche and do that really, really well, yeah. and then gradually um, uh, combine that with, uh, with, with some online sales, although they are predominantly still in shops, because of, I mean, you, you want to you wanna, you wanna have a look at your clothes before you buy yeah. them, basically, then you can still do very, very well as a retailer. And they are one of those, those examples. I mean, having said so, I'm, I'm still not very keen in, um, in, in, in adding any retail stocks to my portfolio, uh. but um, I'm happy to miss out on the ones that you can easily pick in hindsight. Right. Uh, I think it's a lot more difficult to pick them in foresight. Um, and at the moment, I think the, sh the share price probably a little bit on the expensive side now. Right. Uh, so you have to be careful okay. when, when the share price is where it is. Yeah. Uh, but then again, maybe on a day like today, if they sell off, you want to you wanna add an oversized women's retailer right. uh, to your portfolio, then yeah. on a day like today, you grab your chances. You know, it's in South Africa as well. It's in the US, Australia, New mm. Zealand. Uh, so I know for you on no. City Chic? No. Yeah, this one was well, a tough... I, I definitely agree with what Rudy said. I will say this in favor of them is that they have managed to see really strong growth in their online sales. Mm. So that definitely gives me uh, hope for them yeah. that they can make the transition. Because I think looking forward in the next decade, I think it's pretty obvious we're going to be doing even more online shopping than in yeah. the last decade, mm. put it that way. Mm. So I think this is one of those companies that will make the transition and I applaud them for that. So that definitely puts it in that basket of retail stocks that are investable for mm. me. Mm. But having said that, like Rudy, this is not a major focus for me because retail is generally not the easiest business model yeah. and so essentially i see you know i think in the past we've talked i used to own temple and webster now my sort of replacement for that are katmandu and adairs right. and basically i just think they're cheaper than this one so for me even though i think this is a decent retailer it just doesn't tick any of the boxes for me for example katmandu is retailing clothes but it has a really strong brand and Adairs, basically, I think people are missing the online part of its business going extremely well. And plus, during this COVID time, people are doing a lot of homemaking and stuff because you're spending more time at home. I think we all miss traveling internationally and stuff like that. But guess what? You're going to spend those holidays at home now. Yeah. Maybe you want to make that nicer. So that homeware sort of space is somewhere where I prefer play than just clothes. Right. Now, you could argue there's a tailwind if there's like increasing um, people growing in size um, because of diets and stuff like that. We'll see. But overall, I just don't see the sort of tailwinds for this one that I do for other mm. retailers. So okay. as a result, I'd right. avoid it. I know from, from you on that. Let's just recap uh, the first five stocks uh, here on the call, plus our stock of the day, uh, Sky City, a no from both um, Claude and Rudy. Coles, a yes from, uh, from both of them as one of those strong foundation stocks. Uh, Dicker Data, a yes from both uh, Rudy and Claude. Um, Technology One, a yes from Rudy, um, who's been uh, a cheerleader for Technology One for a number of years. Um, Claude is a wait and see, uh, but prefers objective in that area. Uh, Nanosonics, a, uh, a yes from Rudy, a yes from Claude if it gets around that $5 mark or below, and City Chic is a no. Um, here at the call, of course, we've been tracking our own sort of fantasy portfolio uh, since July 1. Um, if a stock gets two thumbs up, two yeses uh, as a buy from uh, our expert panel, it gets put into the uh, calls portfolio. Uh, let's see how it's performing. Well, weekly, 
It's uh, last week it's up 1.8% for the month. It's up 8.5%, and since the 1st of July, it's uh, up 12%. So we will be adding coals and dicker to that from today. Uh, we will be taking out City Chic, who's been sitting in the portfolio. And the whole idea is you've just got to keep watching your stocks. Now, um, over the last um, week or so, some of the stocks that we've added to the portfolio, Somnamed, uh, Downer EDI uh, this week, Telstra, uh, Zero and Cleanaway have been added during uh, during the last week or two. You can check all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio by heading to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll be updating every day here on the call and see how it's tracking. Uh, look at the latest from uh, the team straight into your inbox. Uh, sign up for the COB, close of business, the stuff you need to know in business, finance and startups. Uh, you can subscribe uh, via osbiz.co slash join. We'll have it in your inbox 5.30 afternoon uh, Monday to Friday. And if you, you missed any of today's show and you want to catch up on the rest of the day's news and executive insights, don't forget to download our app uh, where you can tag the companies on your watch list and you'll be notified when they get a mention. It's available in the iOS app store. Already, what are you covering on FN Arena? Um, we are preparing a story at the moment on uh, Life360. Ah. And that's, uh, I think that's increasingly, I see, see some, someone nodding there. That's interesting. Okay. I think that's increasingly getting the attention of, uh, of both retail and institutional investors, I think. Okay. Um, can almost put in the same basket as a, as a Phineas, which right. is also relatively right. newly listed. Right. And uh, very, very, pro let's call it very promising signals right. in the first year of listing. Oh, okay. So when's that report out? Monday. Monday, okay. Mm -hmm. So tune into FN Arena for that. Uh, and Rudy, Rich Life, what are you, what are you covering? Um, I will. I think. Look, I'm looking forward to publishing two in the upcoming weeks. One's on Urbanize, which is a smaller company that just reported results, which are pretty good. I spoke to the CEO recently. Um, that still looks one of the more promising options to me. And the other one is a stock we'll talk about today, uh, Jumbo Interactive, a little bit ah, later on, which okay. I also find interesting. And and follow Claude on uh, Twitter as well. He's uh, quite colourful to follow as well. I hope that's a good thing. Yeah, no, it is a good thing. A good, it is a good thing. He certainly challenges a lot of people out there, which is good. Okay. Uh, a couple of followers. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. No, what's the, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, Claude D. Walker. Okay, Claude D. Walker. He's still young enough to engage with all his, all his Twitter followers. Rudy, <laughs> what do you mean? You old culture? You don't, yeah, don't exactly. You, you don't want to get too, too engaged because otherwise this, this is all you'll do for the rest of the day. <laughs> but also, um, that social media uh, gives you pretty good feedback, doesn't it? Yeah, if, you, if you weed out the, yes. the uh, persistently grumpy people yes. who will, you'll never please. Well, one of the most awesomely things to say is I suggested, I asked my... Uh, Twitter today, like, what are you thinking of buying on the red day? And I suggested one stock that I'm thinking of buying some shares of today, which I was buying anyway. Right. And I got a bunch of great suggestions, like overall, like I'm not going to buy all of them, but some yeah. of them are good. I think one person did Nanosonics, which we right. talked about today. Yeah. And okay. there's a bunch of interesting ideas yeah. there. You just, the, the feedback you get from the community, like there yeah. are great ideas out there. People are finding good ideas that I miss completely mm. all the time. So what are you buying today? Uh, the one that I am thinking of buying today, didn't actually drop as much I hoped, is, is a company called ReadyTech, which I was buying mm. around current prices anyway, after their results, really strong results. This is a software company, again, actually similar to Rudy's story about 
basically it's been recently listed it's still sort of flying under the radar now i was a bit skeptical of these guys because they had a bit of an acquisition strategy but then the first results that they've put out give me uh, more comfort that they're actually delivering quite well they've got good free cash free cash flow. Yeah. They've got okay. good results, basically. Yeah. So, And you always worry about new acquisition companies that listed, like, are they going to do what they sell and do? Yeah. Well, they've done it, so I like that about it. Okay. Uh, Claude, what about self-wealth? Dave wants a, uh, a view on this. This is... Uh... What a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so this is one that I miss, and this is like a perfect stock to buy in March or April, even May, basically. Yeah. And this was... A lot of people on Twitter talking about it still are. It makes me a bit cautious now. But this was one that I completely missed. But I'll tell you why it's gone up so wow. much. Is because what happened is when we had the pandemic, you know, things got were worrying, things went down. And then the central banks unleashed their massive stimulus, which is pushing stocks up. And the government did fiscal stimulus, you know, job seeker, job keeper, you can take money out of your super. Probably unfortunately, but the reality is a lot of people my age have gone to their super, taken out $10,000, opened a self-wealth account or a Comsecker account or whatever it is, and then started buying stonks. Yeah. And um, basically, self-wealth is perfectly positioned yeah. to benefit yeah. from this. So is this our version of Robin Hood yes. in yes, the US? Yes, pretty much. Is a, Robin Hood yeah. is an app which, um, it's a bit derogatory to say, but um, uh, gamifies, if you like, uh, investing in, uh, in the share market. It makes it... Uh, feel like a um, Bet360, yeah. if you like that. So one uh, key difference, investors. though, is that Robinhood offers free trades, mm. where self-wealth charges a low price, but still, I think, around $10 a right. trade. Mm. Now, the problem here is, and this is why I missed it, really, is because I'm like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be an uplift, but at the same time, the, the price of brokerage is trending down to zero. So longer term, this is probably a pretty bad business model. And I have this sort of philosophy of, you know, let time be your friend. So... Yeah. It makes me very jumpy and not have a lot of confidence if I think the long-term trends are against the business. Now, you can see the massive gains I missed out yeah. by having that long-term view there. <laughs> so I'm not advocating that that's always the right perspective. Um, in hindsight, it was really obvious that the, the actual just fundamental growth. Now, I think I'll, I'll say these numbers I've got here, 235% increase in active traders and their quarter-on-quarter -quarter revenue um, went up 100%. So this is huge fundamental growth in the business driving an improved performance. And to be quite frank, um, if you sort of put in a fair few like optimistic but still realistic assumptions, it could still make sense at the current price. Now, I have this instinct not to buy something after the share price has just gone <laughs> up like that. Um, it's I couldn't bring myself to buy it just for that reason. My prediction is it sort of keeps on going up for some amount of time, I don't know when, and then languishes for many years as the sort of realities of it being a difficult, difficult business model take hold, but I have no idea when that will be. There could still be a lot of juice in this apple. Okay, all right, but not for you at the moment. I just can't bring myself can't up to that okay. chart. But. Uh, but I, can't, I can't either. Uh, I'm, 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 there's, there's two elements where I definitely uh, I'm the same position as Claude is. If I don't see the long-term then I, I, I can't do the short term either. Like I'm right. not a typical trader who doesn't care about what happens tomorrow, I'm gonna make a buck today. Yeah. And the other thing is is that uh, yes, of course, growth has been spectacular as it has been for Robin Hood in the US, but yeah. there's a context for that. Yeah? We all underestimated that if you lock in people in their homes and they, they can't go to the casino, yeah. what are they gonna do? They, they treat a share market like a casino. Yeah? They, yeah. they have to do something. And yeah. then, and then, right? that so that's, that's, that's essentially what has happened. And there you know? was no sports betting. Exactly. So no that's sports. exactly what's happened. <laughs> they, they just ran like, let's, let's give this a go. And you know what? Yeah. Because the share market had tanked, 
everything went up. Yeah. Right? It didn't matter what you what you bought. So it was like free money. Yeah. These guys couldn't believe it. I mean, you see all these guys on Twitter going like, what, what, are, what are all these people talking about? It's so difficult. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, the share market is like it's like a it's like a printing machine. Yeah. So I think that the big the big challenge that that comes is if the share market does get like a serious conniptions at some yeah. point, and all those household names like a Tesla in the U.S. and the Afterpay here, which yeah. You can you can argue it has happened a little bit already. Yeah. I mean the likes of Zip are down by 20, 25 percent. Yeah. That's that's going to be the big challenge when when the the natural easy way of making money in the share yeah. market when that becomes a little bit like less natural and less easy. Yeah. Um, then the big challenge will, will be for those operators like okay. NetWealth. Uh, so now it's definitely no, not. Not for you. Um, speaking of Zip, uh, Caroline wants a. Uh, a view on zip the buy now yeah. pay later well it's only recently gone into buy now pay later it has a few more products but it's seen as buy now pay later i, I actually read yesterday this is you're, you're, how scary you're, you're the you're confusing them with flexicorp oh yeah well yeah yeah flexi uh, which are about to be called hum, hum aren't they so sort of the the groovy tag for uh, flexi group that's been around humming and humming yeah yeah um, but uh, I read yesterday of um, the number of people buying shares using Zip. Yeah, has gone through the roof, and I'm thinking, oh, is that a bell at the top of the market? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really if you're buying yeah. shares with buy now, pay later. Ooh, I don't yes. know. Yeah. Um, Zip had a great run, and has yes. had a, yeah. a big fall in the last week. Here's another thing that I have, which, which makes me a little bit different for most of the market participants. When everyone is crowding into one corner, I'm usually going away. Right. Like, and I haven't bought any of the buy now, pay later stocks. And it, it's, you, you can sort of, listen, there is a fundamental element to it, absolutely. I mean, yep. the, the pandemic and the lockdowns have accelerated, turbocharged uh, yep. the, the evaluation of the, the business models. but. There's, all, there's also elements in there of, yeah. of bubble-alike mm. characteristics. I mean, mm. everyone's in there, everyone's making money, everyone's laughing, everyone's, you know, how difficult can this be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> right? And see, I'm, I have nothing against growth stocks, and, and, and I mean, you would hope that Afterpay conquers the world and it's another uh, Australian success story. Um, not for me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I want to preface this for any viewers out there. I'm not saying that the share price is yes. going to go down anytime soon, but this is, and this, this is ridiculous. Like ASX has, I think, four or five yep. buy now, pay later oh, stocks. I think it's more. I think it's yeah, more. It's plenty. And look, yeah. of them, I'd say Zip is probably the second best. Uh, but the reality is that um, these are all losing money. And if you ignore the fair value gain on investment, Zip, um, Zipco is even worse than it looks based on its uh, statutory profit. And I know it's very unpopular to look at things like profit and loss things if you're if you're buying in this kind of company. I, I think that people are buying a narrative, people are buying a story. This is like one of the favourites of all of those you know plethora of Facebook groups that talk about stock tips. That you know lots of people yeah. have zip, and you know your your friends that have never invested are, are texting you. I think every single market professional has got texts from friends being like, "Should I buy zip yeah. or Afterpay, Afterpay or yeah. Sezzle or Split it? Like, which one yeah. should I? Yeah. You don't have to buy any of these, <laughs> yeah. but they want to buy because that's the hot spot. Oh, every and look." It's predicated on a genuine change in behavior, right? Yeah. Which is that a few years ago, nobody used these. And now half the checkouts you go to, you, say, you see Afterpay, uh, ZipPay or both. Um, and now the reality, that's the key, is all both. There's yeah. no limit to the number of these companies that an online checkout can have. They just need a little button that says, you know, which option yeah. would you like? They can have five, they can have 10. That means there's going to be competition there. Yeah. 
which in my view means that one day the really hot, fun narrative that Rudy just talked about is going to start flailing, right? And that, in my opinion, which is could well be now? I, I do I would not want to call that because you only know in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. because well, it could pay, go. PayPal's now getting into the market. Yeah, so PayPal is a stock I would buy, right. but um, not not these ones because basically I just I just see a lot of people that are not doing any kind of valuation that love the story, and I don't know whether that story will start breaking at six dollars seventy nine or if it will start breaking at twelve dollars or fifteen dollars. Right. But whenever it is. Once that sociological phenomena where everyone's like, oh, which one do you own? Or oh, I have made this much out of Zip. And this. once that breaks down, mm. and it could be in quite some time, but mm. once it breaks down, you will see quite, quite serious plummeting unless these businesses actually become genuinely profitable and cash flow generative, which in my view is not yet proven that they can do. No. Right. So okay. I, I will be wrong if these become like really profitable businesses one day, which is possible. Right. But I don't, okay. I don't it, bet on it. it. Not now. It, it's also it's actually a problem. When they do become profitable, you actually get a PE ratio. Yeah. And then it might yeah. become... Then the <laughs> well, that's might the question. Are people still going right. to want it when yes. the PE ratio yeah. is like, you know, Two. a thousand or something? Right. So the... Yeah, right. basically it's risky. If, if, we cast, okay. if we cast back to 2011, I think it was there, was, there was a period for six months or so when all mining services providers were as yep. hot as you can think of yep. until the miners decided they're going to they're gonna stop in spending money here. Yeah? And yep. it came down crashing really, really hard. So. Right. Okay. All right. So a no on Zip. That's been part of our uh, core portfolio for about three weeks. Oh, right. uh, as you've seen, uh, this is why we do the portfolio. You've seen it go up to ten bucks, come now down to six fifty, and you know you can see the spot. You've got to keep following the markets if you're going to put the effort into it. Uh, let's take a look at double now. I don't know. Sorry? Sorry, I hope it doesn't double now. No, I said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what that's, that's what markets are all about. Uh, our next stock comes from Miley Jumbo Interactive. This is the the internet lottery business in Australia and Germany, currently trying to push into the United States, Latin America and, uh, and Asia and Europe. Um, sort of everyone sees it as a, a gambling business, lottery business, but Claude, it's more a software business, isn't it? Well, it's, it's definitely transitioning. And yeah, yeah, I do actually agree with that completely. It is more a software yeah. business because it was never the lottery owner, and this is no. going to be a bad thing, but it was never the lottery owner. It was really just saying, hey, we can sell your lottery tickets yeah. better than you can, so let us do that. Yep. So that's what it did, and it built a really good business around that. Um, but then it ran into a bit of difficulty because Tabcorp that owns the lotteries started saying, oh, well, I don't know about this arrangement anymore. Basically saying, well, we want more of the profits because yeah. we own the lottery. Yeah. So that is what has caused this massive um, dip that you see on the chart there. Now, I have personally actually been buying around the current prices, right. but I don't think there's any company that I own in my portfolio that I've um and are about more than this particular mm. one. And there's two reasons for that. Firstly, I'm denied about whether I liked the idea of lotteries or if I was against lotteries. Yep. In the end, I decided actually most yep. lotteries are fine. And, I'm, yeah, and they also have that. lots of charity lotteries and stuff like that. So mm. I landed on, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. And then um, you've got this factor of, uh, are they always going to be in this situation where they're beholden to Tabcorp? Now, what's mm. just happened is they've signed a new 10-year agreement. So you have certainty around mm. what's going to happen then. That agreement definitely gives a little more profit to Tabcorp, but yes. it puts... Jumbo in, in a situation where if they keep growing strongly, um, then they're still going to make uh, increasing profits and which gives them lots of time to roll out their software offering. Now their software offering is what's really exciting, which is basically they go to any other lottery operator and say, um, you sell your lottery using our system, which has proven to work really well. 
um, and basically we take a much smaller cut just for you to use the software as a service. Now that's a good business and I think in 10 years when the, this current agreement they have with Tabcorp comes up for renewal again, that's going to be a much bigger part of their business. It's already decent, they've got hundreds yep. of millions of TDV. But that's going to be a much bigger part of their business. And they can point to Tabcorp as a proof of concept yeah, exactly. while they roll it out internationally in, into and then, other areas. And then the final point, which is where I think I differ from the market fear a little bit, is I see these guys, even in Australia, as owning the customer. Now, you look at what Lotto Land did. They first offered betting on lotteries, right? And then when the government said you can't do that anymore, they've offered betting on financial markets where you're betting on the decimal point digits of where markets end. So it's basically the same as betting on a lottery, really. Yeah. And, the, and they, so they can still do that. And they found a way. And that just shows, in my view, the power of actually owning the customer. Mm -hmm. Yes, you could use that, lose that exact lottery product, but you own the customer. Okay. All right. So you like it. I do like it. And I own it. Ready? I don't own it anymore, but I, 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 would, I would agree with uh, Claude. I would like it here. I think post the reset, um, with, with the, the contract with Tapcorp, I think excitement can potentially return to, to Jumbo. Of course, it's all about execution. It's all about, I mean, from here onwards what they do. But I, think, I do think they, they now have their, their fortune back in their hands. And I mean, if you just trust management from here to do the right thing, it won't be a straightforward process, but I do think you can give them the benefit of the doubt here. Right, okay. All right, so you like it? Is that a, yeah. a yes? All right. And uh, that goes into the portfolio. Uh, couple going out, couple going in today. Uh, sort of investing's about. Um, all right, Rudy, Breville Group. Tina wants a view on the uh, kitchenware appliance group that, that your, your grandmother used and your great-grandmother. All of a sudden, the last couple of years, it's become sexy. Hasn't it? And it's, I think this, and company, we'll this company is sexier than most investors probably realise. Mm. Um, every time... Admission, admission, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Every time I looked at the share price and I, and I was always in doubt and I, and I always decided not, not to buy the stock. Um, it recently touched all-time high, which means every time I have been wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I should have bought on each and every occasion. I mean, I mean, just to give people a little bit of a, of, a, of a rundown here. If we take a big step, let's, 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 let's go 10 years into the future. In 10 years, you probably you're probably sitting in, in, in public transport and you decide that by when you come home, you want to have a coffee. Yeah. You just probably send a message to your coffee machine at home and by the yeah. time you get home, there's a freshly made yeah. coffee in the way that you like it, just waiting yeah. for you. Which is why nano satellites are the big thing now, aren't they? These are tiny little satellites that will be sort of linking you up yeah. uh, with your coffee machine. And, and there's also a time that the fridge will talk to to, yep. the, to the counter at calls and saying yep. we need more chicken yep. or more cheese, whatever. Yeah. Now that's at this point in time looks like a like a far, far away futuristic yep. story. But this is on Australian soil, a mm. producer, a manufacturer of those products, and they are already incorporating computer chips and, and yeah. the ability of tomorrow having that, that uh -huh. working. Okay. So there is your future on the stock exchange. And apart from that they they seem to be doing an incredibly commendable job in finding new geographies and just finding new customers. Yep. I mean, and they're doing, right. that, I mean, right. they're doing a really, really good job at it. Okay. So, yes, I'm Breville. Cool. Yeah, so they have that really strong growth in Europe and they yeah. grew in all of their geographies. So uh, this is a hard stock to say a bad word about, basically. 
Yeah. I'm going to fall into the trap that Rudy's fallen into all of these years, which is say basically what holds me back on this is the price. Yeah. Is, yeah. It, looks, it looks too punchy, too much optimism for me. I don't know what's going to go wrong with Breville that could make it go down because it is a strong business. And I think that its brand is probably getting stronger over time as well. And as Warren Buffett taught us, you know, brand can be a real source of continuing competitive advantage. Yep. So I wouldn't want to say too much of a bad word about it. Definitely cheering it on. For me, it's just not good yeah, enough value right, for me yeah. to want to buy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and our final one, uh, we need to get through this fairly quickly, is Tyro Payments, a financial group, um, sort of almost, uh, um, why haven't they got into buy now, pay later? Uh, yeah. It might be a good question. <laughs> yeah. That's a consultancy <laughs> agreement you got with them right there. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Tyro? I think it's a good business and it's one of those ones that's on the on the watch list, the fluffy dog watch list for if it comes down again. Now it doesn't have a very long listed history. So because of that, you've got all the pro forma yep. stuff you've got to work through. And it's sort of really hard to see that like clean understanding of how its business trends and develops over time. On top of that, it's have COVID right after it listed, which is again muddy the waters and making it yeah. hard to see what is the true value in this business. So because of that, it's just been a real challenge to analyze. And that's why I haven't been able to take a strong view on it either way. But I will say this, I think it's a quality business and it's on my watch list and give it a bit of time when I get it, the pulse of it a little bit better, I, I might be able to say yeah. bye. Yeah, I think, I think it's, I agree with all of that. And it's definitely on the radar of a lot of institutional investors. It's too early, I think. This company needs economies opening up. Right. Because we need to, basically we need to spend, this is consumer spending uh, leveraged. Yep. Uh, at the moment, that's why the share price is not going anywhere from here because I mean, we still have lockdowns. We are not really open. Cafes are not open. Uh, that's what this company needs. So yep. I think it's not going anywhere for the, for, for, for the time being, unless we get a vaccine anytime soon. And this will be one of the stocks to, uh, to That's a good idea. All right. Wait and see on that one. All right. Let's uh, recap the uh, the final five stocks. Self-wealth, a no. Zip, a no, which means it comes out of the uh, of the calls portfolio. What goes in is Jumbo Interactive. Two ticks from... Uh, both Rudy and Claude, um, a sort of a watcher hold for Breville from um, uh, from uh, Claude, a yes from uh, from Rudy, and uh, watch Tyro to see how it goes. Uh, gentlemen, good to see you. So, what what have you got in a rich life? What are you uh, what are you focusing on? Well, basically, I'm just trying to sort through all of the the massive amount of results, uh, starting with the companies that I already own, and I guess the. I guess the ones that I think have the most potential. So that's oh. why I was looking at Urbanize. Like, I really want that one to come down a little bit. I'd okay. love to buy it again at five cents. Okay, check out a rich life and on FN Arena. We're, we're still going through the tailwinds of reporting season as well. Right. Uh, we, we've, one of the things I've done is I've, I've looked at which companies on the ASX are really reliable dividend payers that do not have to cut their dividends. Oh. And I can guarantee you there's not too many of them. Okay. We've identified six, I think. Okay. All right. If you're out for, for dividends and income, check out FN Arena. Gents, good to see you. Thank you for that. Uh, that's our show for today. The stocks uh, you'd like, uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover, just email in the call at ausbiz.com.au or through Twitter using the at TV handle. Reminder where to find all the stocks we have in the calls portfolio, head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Now, are you looking for maybe the, the next wave of investments? Uh, tune in to the Startup Daily Show. Every day the team brings you the companies seeking capital and all the latest in startups. Uh, today we bring you something a little different. Uh, Joel Hauer, founder of subscription box service 
Whiskey Loot uh, joins the team to uh, talk starting a new company and of course whiskey. It's a Friday, why not? That's only on Ausbiz. Stick around, that's all coming up after the break.